Good afternoon and welcome to the BlackBerry third quarter fiscal year 2024 results conference call. My name is Chuck and I'll be your conference moderator for today's call. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. We will be fa facilitating a question and answer session towards the end of the conference. Should you need assistance during the call, please signal a conference specialist by pressing the star key followed by zero. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded for replay purposes. I would now like to turn today's call over to Mr. Tim Foote, Vice President of BlackBerry Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you, Chuck. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to BlackBerry's third quarter 2024 earnings conference call. I'm delighted to say that joining me on today's call is BlackBerry's new Chief Executive Officer, John Giamatteo, and Chief Financial Officer, Steve Ray. After I read our cautionary note regarding forward-looking statements, John will provide a business update, and Steve will review the financial results. We will then open the call for a brief Q&A session. This call is available to the general public via call-in numbers and via webcast in the Investor Information section at blackberry.com. A replay will also be available on the blackberry.com website. Some of the statements we'll be making today constitute forward-looking statements and are made pursuant to the safe harbour provisions of applicable US and Canadian securities laws. We'll indicate forward-looking statements by using words such as expect, will, should, model, intend, believe, and similar expressions. Forward-looking statements are based on estimates and assumptions made by the company in light of its experience and its perception of historical trends, current conditions, and expected future developments, as well as other factors that the company believes are relevant. Many factors could cause the company's actual results or performance to differ materially from those expressed or implied by the forward-looking statements. These factors include the risk factors that are discussed in the company's annual filings and MD&A. You should not place undue reliance on the company's forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements are made only as of today, and the company has no intention and undertakes no obligation to update or revise any of them except as required by law. As is customary during the call, John and Steve will reference non-GAAP numbers in their summary of our quarterly results. For reconciliation between our GAAP and non-GAAP numbers, please see the earnings press release published earlier today, which is available on the EDGAR, Cedar Plus, and BlackBerry.com websites. And with that, I'll turn the call over to John. Thanks, Tim. And hello, everyone. My name is John G. Matteo, and I'm delighted to be joining you all today as BlackBerry's new CEO. I'm sure some of you will already know me from my time as president of the Cybersecurity Business Unit, where, while we still have work to do, the team has made significant progress with product, go-to-market, and overall operational efficiency during the past couple of years. As president, I've been at the heart of BlackBerry's operations, and I'm already very familiar with how things work, the challenges we face, and the steps we need to take going forward. I've stepped into this role at a pivotal time for BlackBerry, as we have a lot of work ahead of us. Among my first priorities is to fully separate the IoT and cybersecurity business units, right-sizing our operations and driving efficiencies in the process. But I'll come back to this more later in the call. Let me first discuss our performance this quarter, starting with the IoT business. The IoT team delivered the strongest quarter for revenue for several years despite a number of industry-level headwinds. Revenue for the quarter increased 12% sequentially and 8% year-on-year to $55 million. Gross margin remained at a strong 84%. The main driver for revenue growth this quarter was the automotive, and in particular, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, or ADAS. Revenue from royalties increased sequentially, and while still below the long-term average, represented 44% of QNX revenue. 
Development seats was 32% and services 24% of revenue in the quarter. In addition to delivering solid revenue, we maintained our design win momentum, adding meaningfully to our QNX royalty backlog. This was a strong quarter for new ADAS-related design wins. We secured a design win for our RTARS for safety and secure C++ libraries for use in a front-facing camera solution that will be deployed by a leading European automaker. QNX will also be the foundation for an ADAS platform to be developed by a global tier one supplier and used by two leading Asian OEMs. Among other ADAS wins was a design with one of the largest automakers in the world who will use QNX OS for safety as its operating system. But this wasn't only a good quarter for automotive. We secured a number of new GEM design wins as well. The use cases secured this quarter were broad. They included displacing a rival product with QNX hypervisor for an industrial automation controller that will be used in applications such as petroleum refineries, factory automation, and wastewater treatment. In medical, we secured a significant design for infusion pumps for bedside medication delivery. And our hypervisor and black channel products will be used in autonomous off-road defense vehicles as well. We continue to be excited about the large and growing opportunities outside of auto, where the need for safety critical, high performance software at the edge is growing fast. And speaking of high performance, we remain firmly on track for general access release for our QNX STP 8.0 next generation platform. This will be a really significant product launch and everybody at BlackBerry couldn't be more excited about it. The step change in performance and scalability will enable developers to fully harness the significant levels of additional compute that next generation processors offer. So look out for more information on this and other exciting developments as we gear up for CES in January. Turning now to a brief update on Ivy, we continue to make progress in what is a long sales cycle business. Proof of concept trials are progressing well and feedback from customers remains strong. We remain focused on converting POCs into design wins and hope to announce another win at CES in January. The Ivy ecosystem continues to grow strongly, and at CES, we'll be demonstrating more than 20 use cases with 12 partners and expect there to be three third-party booths demonstrating Ivy-based products. Moving now to Outlook for the IoT business in Q4, as mentioned, the strong revenue growth and continued design win momentum in Q3 was achieved despite some macro headwinds. The first was the UAW labor disputes, which naturally has had a negative impact on production volumes for some of our largest customers and we expect this impact to be felt in our fiscal Q4. The second is ongoing slippage of software programs at major automakers. Leading OEMs continue to deal with the challenges of delivering very complex automotive software solutions. And while there is no change in strategic direction towards software-defined vehicles, some of the timelines have pushed back. Because of these near-term headwinds, we're taking a more conservative view on our Q4 outlook. That said, we continue to expect QNX to have its strongest quarter ever, with revenue in the range of 62 to 66 million. Now, let me turn to the cybersecurity business unit. This was a strong year for cyber. Strong, I'm sorry, strong quarter for cyber. 
Revenue in Q3 was $114 million, growing 44% sequentially and 8% year over year. Gross margin improved by 14 percentage points to 68%, while ARR of $273 million showed a sequential decrease. It was the smallest decrease in the last two years, pointing to a stabilization in Q4 before an anticipated return to growth next fiscal year. The dollar-based net retention rate improved one percentage point to 82%. Cyber total contract value, or TCV billings, was $109 million, representing solid sequential growth of 47% and year-over-year growth of 6%. The cyber business has a very strong foothold in the government space, where leading governments around the world trust BlackBerry software to secure their environments, communications, and data. While this type of business often has longer sales cycles, the partnerships that are built are often very long-term. We are delighted to build such a partnership with the government of Malaysia this quarter by securing a significant multi-year contract to provide a full range of products. The deal included our Silence, UEM, Ad Hoc, and SecuSmart offerings. As part of the deal, BlackBerry will establish a cybersecurity center of excellence in Kuala Lumpur during calendar year 2024. We were also very pleased to land a significant seven-year ad hoc contract with the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Ad hoc, which is the leading critical events management solution in the U.S. federal government with 75% market share, will be used to power the DHS's new personal emergency notification system. Revenue recognition on some of the products in the portfolio result in significant in-quarter revenue. In particular, our SecuSmart secure communication software offerings and some elements of our UEM endpoint management. The remainder, in contrast, are generally recognized on a routable basis. Given the strong SecuSmart content this quarter, this was a significant tailwind helping in part to drive both revenue and gross margin improvements. While deals of this magnitude don't necessarily land every quarter, we're very pleased with the overall traction we're seeing with SecuSmart outside of its core German market. Let me now switch to some of the key product developments that we have going on in cyber. Over the past couple of years, the cyber product team has been busy bringing leading solutions to market, closing a number of product gaps, and positioning us to compete. During the quarter, we announced the latest of these with a launch of the generative AI-powered cybersecurity SOC assistant. This solution helps customers to quickly understand threat alerts and prioritize their response with inline generative AI assistance without needing to be an expert in prompt engineering. We also announced a number of enhancements to our SecuSmart product suite for secure communications. This included encrypted video and group audio calls, along with additional compliance tools and administrative features as well. Moving now to outlook for a cyber business in Q4, we expect revenue to be in the range of 83 to 88 million for the quarter. This is lower than our previous outlook, primarily because of the reassessment of the likelihood, size, and timing of some of the large government deals in the pipeline. We also expect ARR to stabilize and to be flat sequentially. Touching briefly on licensing, revenue for the quarter was $6 million, and we continue to expect Q4 to be approximately $5 million as before. So let me now hand the call over to Steve, who will provide you more color on our financials. Steve, over to you. Thank you, John. 
As always, my comments on our financial performance will be in non-GAAP terms unless otherwise noted. Total company revenue for the third quarter was $175 million. IoT revenue was $55 million. Cybersecurity revenue was $114 million. And licensing revenue was $6 million. The percentage of software product revenue that was recurring decreased to approximately 70%, primarily driven by the impact of SecuSmart revenue related to the Malaysia deal that John referenced. Total company gross margin improved to 73%, also largely driven by Malaysia. Operating expenses were 115 million, broadly flat quarter on quarter, but as in Q2, benefiting from some one-time items such as reaching benefit caps for the calendar year. Non-GAAP operating expenses exclude a 13 million fair value gain on the convertible debentures, 11 million in impairment of long-lived assets, 9 million in amortization of acquired intangibles, 9 million in restructuring expenses, and 7 million in stock compensation expense. The non-GAAP operating profit was 13 million, and non-GAAP net profit for the third quarter was 3 million. BlackBerry delivered one cent of non-GAAP basic earnings per share for the quarter, beating expectations. Adjusted EBITDA, excluding the non-GAAP adjustments outlined, was 18 million. Total cash, cash equivalents, and investments decreased to 271 million as at November 30th, due in part to cash used by operating activities of 31 million, but primarily to a 215 million net reduction in outstanding debt. During the quarter, the 365 million of convertible debentures issued in September 2020 were fully repaid as previously communicated. A smaller 150 million of short-term convertible debentures were then issued, which mature in February 2024, with an option to extend to May 2024, should both parties agree. Despite significant increases in the level of interest rates since 2020, the coupon rate on these extension debentures remains at 1.75%, and the conversion price remains at $6. This provides BlackBerry with meaningful additional liquidity at attractive rates while we evaluate longer-term financing needs. That concludes my comments, and I'll turn it back to John. Thank you, Steve. Last week, we announced a change in strategic direction of the company. The board, with input from its advisors, has reassessed the earlier decision to pursue a subsidiary IPO of the IoT business. We believe there is increased optionality for optimizing shareholder value by stepping back from that path and instead focusing on fully separating the IoT and cyber businesses. As part of this, we will have the opportunity to optimize and streamline processes, building even stronger standalone divisions. A key focus is to return BlackBerry to profitability and positive cash flow. And this requires us to take some tough decisions on our cost structure. In Q3, we took a number of actions to reduce expenses in the cyber business and the back office that will reduce our cost run rate by about $50 million per year. These decisions, along with strong collection receivables, played a part in almost halving our operating cash usage from $56 million last quarter to $31 million in Q3. Given the combination of strong billings this past quarter and the benefit of a full quarter of cost reductions, 
we expect to further improve operating cash flow in Q4. However, we believe that we can go further. BlackBerry has been in an investment mode, particularly in cyber. And now that a number of key product enhancements have been brought to market, we're in a position to return investment levels closer to industry averages. Furthermore, BlackBerry's business has significantly pivoted and made a number of acquisitions over the years. And we see ways to streamline how our back office works. For instance, despite recent cost reduction efforts, we still have 36 offices worldwide. We have some duplicative, uh, duplicative teams. To illustrate the potential opportunities, let me outline current OPEX expectations for Q4. As mentioned, we expect total company revenue to be in the range of 150 to 159 million. On a non-GAAP basis, sales and marketing is expected to be approximately 27%, while R&D 30%, and G&A excluding amortization at 20%. Both R&D and G&A are high compared to our long-term targets, but we see opportunities to significantly right-size across the board while continuing to nurture the exciting growth opportunities in our two divisions. We are targeting the completion of the separation process in two fully standalone divisions with a much lighter weight corporate overlay in calendar year 2023. So before we open the lines for Q&A, let me quick, quickly summarize the key messages. This was a good quarter for BlackBerry. The IoT business unit delivered its strongest quarterly revenue for the past two years and maintained strong momentum in adding royalty backlog from design wins in auto and gem. The cyber business secured large government deals that helped drive strong sequential revenue growth and ARR continues to stabilize. We took actions relating to our cost structure that, in part, contributed to a significantly lower operating cash flow usage, and we are targeting significant further reductions in the future. And we have begun to work to separate our IoT and cyber business units into fully standalone divisions that we believe will position BlackBerry for more strategic, uh, strategic alternatives to drive increased shareholder value. Let's now move to Q&A. Operator, can you please open the lines? Yes, sir. We will now begin the question and answer session. To ask a question, you may press star than one on your touchtone phone. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing the keys. And to withdraw your question, please press star than two. And at this time, we'll pause momentarily to assemble our roster. And the first question will come from Mike Walkley with Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Great. Uh, thanks for taking my questions. And, John, uh, congratulations on promotion to CEO. Thank you. Um, I just want to dig in, I guess, to start with on the, the cybersecurity outlook, um, given the probability of some of the larger government deals. Are these deals just taking longer to close, which is common for some of the large deals in this tougher macro environment, or have some been lost? And I guess given the lumpiness within cybersecurity, you know, how should we think maybe about a run rate for the business, you know, off of what your guidance is this year into, into 25? I know you're not providing long-term guidance, but you think this business grows off of what you put up for 2024? Thank you. Um, yeah, gr great questions um, um, uh, across the board. And I think, um, you know, a, a couple of things. One, uh, to the first question around, uh, you know, the deals and the lumpiness of them and did they go away or is it timing? Um, you know, a, a couple of things. I think uh, a number of them uh, are, are more timing-related uh, activities. Um, uh, that tends to be, you know, the way it is. I think some of the dynamics that's happening right now with 
you know, whether it's uh, the continuing uh, resolution activity in the U.S. government, that tends to slow things down a little bit. Um, and there's similar kinds of things happening in the German government, which obviously we have a, a big footprint with our SecuSmart business. So I think a number of them are, are more timing related. And, um, you know, some of them, um, you know, there's, there's one deal in particular where they decided to go more towards an IOT, uh, iOS solution than an Android solution. And that, um, that lowers uh, a little bit of the uh, uh, addressable market for us as, as they make a decision to uh, operate or uh, adapt an, another operating system. So, um, so on that perspective, it's some of its timing, uh, a little bit of uh, a customer moving into a different technology that tends to use a little bit less of what we offer. But I think that's how I would address that. As far as longer term with governments, which it does represent, um, it's naturally, um, you know, a, a pretty lumpy business, just the way that works. Um, you know, we're fortunate enough this quarter, the lumps went our way, you know, with, uh, with Malaysia and DHS and a couple other things. So, um, you know, m my commitment is uh, to just give you the best transparent, realistic view of this business that, that, that I possibly have, which is why I'd love to be able to say some of these opportunities um, are in the forecast and give you a bit of a, a higher guidance. But I want to be I want to uh, be balanced and prudent and pragmatic about it, and that's my commitment as I move into this new role to try and give you as much transparency as I can. Okay, great. And maybe just a a follow up question for you in a bigger picture. Just sounds like you've already made some really hard decisions on cutting costs on the on the cybersecurity side, but it sounds like maybe IoT you're you're leaving alone, or does that business have areas you can streamline also? Just high I know you've been in COC for a short time, but you know how are you thinking about allocating resources to the two businesses as you work towards reporting them separately? Yeah, I, you know I think that's probably something it's worth coming back to next next quarter as we as we dig into it. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say the IoT business is um, you know, much uh, in a better in a, in a more stable place. It's definitely been you know, more of a growth trajectory. So uh, naturally, we take that into account. You know, we, we don't want to disrupt the momentum that we're seeing on the IoT side at all. Um, but uh, you know, since it's uh, day seven in the job uh, in this in this new role, um, if you give me a little more time, we'll come back to you with some more insights uh, next quarter. Well, yeah, fair enough. Uh, best wishes for success in your new role, and happy holidays to everybody on the call. Same to you. Thank you. The next question will come from Paul Tiber with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Oh, thanks for, for taking the question. Good afternoon. Just a high-level question, just in, in regards to the, the, the separating of QNX and cyber. You, you mentioned, you know, better position the company for strategic alternatives. You know, what specifically do, do you mean by that? I mean, are you looking at divesting some segments or an entire segment here? I think it gives us, uh, you know, Paul, just more uh, more flexible. I think in the past they've been a, a little bit blended. You know, we had cyber, we had uh, IoT, we had a, a corporate convergence strategy, which sometimes I think limits, um, you know, some of the optionality so that, that we have out there. So uh, making a very decisive um, uh, decision around two business units, independent, uh, uh, driving towards uh, uh, profitability, um, we think that gives us more optionality, whether whatever they may be, whether that's a, a spinoff, a sale, uh, you know, we're, we're going to, our board will consider, you know, the, the best options that maximize our shareholder value. And in the interim, getting them aligned independently, focused on their large, each of them have large respective TAMs in the industry, um, uh, we kind of just felt that's a that's a better approach and gives us uh, better options for the future. Okay, thanks for that, color. The, the second question, just on liquidity and, and cash flow, and your comments on Q4 cash flow improving is, is helpful. But how do we think about um, liquidity here, particularly with the the converts? Um, you know, as an option to extend them, but as you separate into two businesses. 
how do you think about managing cash and how much cash should be consumed in the short term just with, with any uh, restructuring payouts? So uh, a couple things, Paul. So we're obviously, um, you know, as, as John said, uh, next quarter, which would, which would be our year end, we'll be in a position to provide more more color, um, you know, concretely uh, on those plans. And, and uh, you know, there, there will be updates, of course, with respect to uh, the, the financing structure um, that, you know, certainly we're, we're pursuing and, and exploring, uh, you know, longer term uh, financing and, and looking at the different options uh, to put that in place, which is being actively worked. Uh, we've got sufficient liquidity and, and access to, to capital to kind of execute uh, on the plans. Uh, obviously, the, um, the 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 goal uh, in the in the very um, you know short term is to is to get both businesses uh, uh, generating positive cash flow. So so there isn't a uh, there shouldn't be a significant. Uh, uh, drag in the business after after a relatively short period of time, but we're we're working on those plans. And then just a last question for me, just to, uh, back to John. The I mean, you've been um, uh, head of the, the cyber business for a couple of years. You, you've seen the investments in product and go to market. Um, you, you, where where do you see the business at strategically in terms of product? In terms of um, trying to capture mindshare with with customers, and, and how do you see the the growth trajectory, you know, going forward in that business? Yeah, the, the cyber um, business unit, it um, uh, you know a number of different you know, dynamics because we have a number of different products that address different. But one thing um, uh, I, I will call out was. Uh, um, like the Malaysia deal was it was actually an interesting example of how they bought into our whole you know uh, vision of the portfolio you know and maybe you know one product in the portfolio uh, maybe it's maybe there's a better product out there you know maybe you know, but the overall historic holistic solution and how we delivered it uh, really caught their attention and um, and and um, you know, uh, convinced them that we were the right uh, company to partner with. So uh, I, I do think the entire portfolio, you know, approach is, is helpful in certain accounts, like a big government like that that's looking for a broad set of solutions. Um, and but you know, if um, you know our ad hoc business is uh, firing on all cylinders, gaining market share, our Secu Smart business. Uh, very, very strong in the German government, and we've got some nice wins outside of, um, of Germany this year, which we think is a step in the right direction. UES, we've been focused on the Silence platform to um, really get that product back to where we need it to be. You know, there were some gaps in the portfolio. There were some quality issues. So, uh, so you know, each of them have a number, and UEM is a very mature, you know, product um, that has a little bit less growth. So, you know, holistically, um, you know, we, we, we think there's an opportunity um, for this business to grow. We're looking very closely at what, um, you know, the, our, as we think about next year's plans and AOP, and, 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 um, and we'll come back to you uh, with, a, uh, with, with a projection for next quarter. But a lot of different dynamics in the cyber business, which is why it's, sometimes it's hard to handicap growth because of these, these factors that kind of um, run within it. So uh, we'll come back to you with more details next quarter, but hopefully that gives you a few snippets. Thanks. The next question will come from Luke Young with Baird. Please go ahead. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for taking the questions. I want to start with IoT. Just hoping you could comment at a high level on the bookings environment and automotive. Just wondering if you're seeing any impact of moderating EV demand on the software side, you know, realizing that these macro issues we've been dealing with have been, you know, pre-existing for a few quarters now, but is EV interplaying with that at all, John? Um. Yeah, we we we've definitely seen that. You know, EV some of some of the big uh, next generation EV projects. There's been some delays uh, by some of the the, the uh, big OEMs. Um, so absolutely, we're seeing. It. But I I would say on this one, we are more. Um, you know, 
the underlying fundamentals of our IoT business, uh, I, I believe, just couldn't be stronger right now. You know, when I think about, uh, you know, the backlog that we have uh, for our royalties, when you think about the design wins, that uh, number of design wins, automotive and otherwise, with Jam and, and other things that, that, that we're getting, uh, we think that's, you know, an opportunity. Ivy as a as a bit of a... You know, when we think of how well positioned we are into that market, I, I think we're in a really good position to weather some of these, um, you know, these headwinds that come from time to time. And this, um, you know, the last couple of quarters has been some headwinds between the strikes with UAW, between, you know, some of the, the as a result, some of the, the uh, manufacturers pull back a little bit on, on some of their uh, more sophisticated uh, uh, vehicles. Uh, but you know, I think all in all, we're really well positioned as these headwinds subside and we start seeing more things rolling off the lines and uh, more of these new designs, which inevitably are going to come to market. We think we're really well positioned. Very strong backlog, uh, which I think sets us up well for the future. Thanks for that. And then a uh, bigger picture question, you know, I appreciate the color on your Looking at the cost structure, cash flows, those sorts of things, and John, I'm just hoping to understand your approach and really just waiting of time between looking at BlackBerry overall operations at the segment level. Should we think of you having sort of a, a player coach mentality? A player coach mentality. Uh, well, I, I, you know, maybe that's a, that's an interesting way to, to uh, describe it. Um, we do. Um, we got a great, great team in IoT. Great, strong leadership. So built a really strong business there. Uh, so absolutely, we want to give them uh, the resources, the support, the financial back, any, anything that uh, you know the bigger company can provide. So um, you know, definitely look at it as uh, two companies on their own, driving their own businesses. Um, and uh, with a kind of a, a holding company structure that's there, uh, you know, to support them with um, um, with all the things that they need to drive their business forward. So I don't know if you call that player coach, but certainly, um, you know, maybe parent child. You know, you, know you, you want your children to get up and run and 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 reach for the stars, and we're going to do everything we can to give them everything they need to do it. Um, okay, I'll leave it there. Thank you. Thanks, Luke. The next question will come from Trip Chandra with Global Equities Research. Please go ahead. Thank you so much, and uh, a very good quarter. I had a couple of questions. Uh, uh, first, on cybersecurity. Uh, traditional machine learning created a new set of challenges in cybersecurity, which Silence and BlackBerry addressed very well. And now we have we are having these generative AI, including transformer models, which are coming into the marketplace. I was wondering uh, what kind of a market expansion you see uh, these new technologies pose to BlackBerry, and how does BlackBerry plan to monetize or capital, uh, capitalize on these new threats that are going to come because of these new generative technologies? And then I have a follow-up. Uh, thanks, Trip. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we think um, you know AI has a uh, um, um, you know a big role to play in this industry. It's actually one of the things that we think is one of our differentiators: is our machine learning, our um, uh, you know AI uh, technology that underpins our entire portfolio. You know, Silence was. Was, you know, I would say the the inventor, the creator of AI ML cyber secure. We're on our seventh generation of um, of machine learning, where where our efficacy efficacy rates are the best that they've ever been. So, uh, this is something that we um, we watch closely. We we invest close. We we incorporate some of the, uh, the technology not only into our cyber uh, threat intelligence, but uh, just, you know, how we, even in our EDR capabilities, when a notification comes up, how can we help our um, our, our SOC analysts, our, our customers identify these issues 
much more quickly using uh, AI technology. So we think it has a, a very big uh, role to play. Um, we're going to continue to invest in it and um, uh, leverage it as a way for us to grow our revenue. Perfect. The second question is like some of the previous people also asked about software in these new generation uh, cars, including EVs. <clears throat> and even as of today, uh, Porsche has not got this software uh, uh, system in, uh, in place. Uh, the software continues to be their weakest link, e including these new generation soft, uh, companies, Lucid, uh, Fisker, you name them, and traditional companies too. So I was wondering, like, what is preventing these uh, established automakers from fully embracing uh, BlackBerry and QNX? And why are they still going in the on the path of pretty much failure to do it themselves when they can't even they don't even have the software skills? I think they can just buy versus make decision should be a no brainer. Why are these companies not embracing? QNX and have a jump start on the software defined vehicles. Any thoughts? I'll appreciate it. And thanks again. Good execution this quarter. Thanks, Trip. Trip, I was just wondering if you, uh, you want to come over and join our sales team because I, 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 uh, I love it. Um, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have, um, um, uh, we, we feel, uh, you know, the same that there's software defined vehicles and bring that technology in uh, just is good for everybody. It's good for the OEMs, good for their customers, good for us. Um, we're, you know, fortunate the team's done a great job. Uh, we have uh, very entrenched um, where, um, um, you know, with over 235 million vehicles that have QNX today, the design wins with our our big, um, um, you know, customers today, I think, positions us, um, you know, really well. I think we're getting our fair share of the market, um, and I think there's more more to be had. Uh, I think there has been some headwinds this year with just everything going on with the, you know, economy and strikes and whatever that's maybe having them pull back a little bit. But when, um, you know, the floodgates open and they bring in these next generation EV vehicles and that have more software in them than ever before, uh, I think we couldn't be better positioned to capture even uh, more of that uh, market share, particularly with things like our most uh, recent uh, release, SDP 8.0. I think, uh, you know, that leverages the processor capacity and that next generation capability. So um, something we're, we're all over, we're going to continue to be all over, and uh, we're hopeful to um, be announcing more and more design wins for you guys, um, you know, in the future. Thank you so much. All the best. Thanks, Trip. The next question will come from Todd Copeland with CIBC. Please go ahead. Uh, yeah, good evening. Um, I just had a, a couple of uh, cash questions. Um, <clears throat> What uh, what's the expectation for uh, uh, cash uh, restructuring costs relating to cyber? So uh, we're we're working through that, uh, you know, but it's not going to be astronomical. Uh, you know, it'll be you know well within our our means to uh, you know, to handle with with the available resources. Okay, and will that. Is that expected to be booked in the uh, in the fourth quarter? Uh, you'll you'll have to stay tuned, but we'll provide an update. Okay. Um, you know, we're we're working through that. Okay, and uh, you know, at this point, um, what is the expected timing to get uh, cyber uh, cash flow positive with uh, with the track you're 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 getting yourself on? Todd, I think that's something we're going to have to come back to you on. Uh, we are um, made great strides over the course of uh, of the last couple of years. Um, we, we've got more plans uh, that we're working through now, and uh, I think it's probably best to, for us to give you a more comprehensive update um, in uh, in next quarter after we've done some of that work. I see. Okay. And then uh, I just wanted to make sure I had this uh, uh, right. 
it, it sounded uh, like you said you expected to have the separation complete next fiscal year. So it sounds like it's going to take a little while to work through the redundancies, the 36 offices, um, and whatever other optimization uh, plans you want to put in place. Can you just uh, talk us through uh, a rough timeline on that? Thanks a lot. Yeah, I, I think um, uh, on, on this one, um, it's. I think it's going to be one of those things where we're as we as we go through the process. There's going to be some low hanging fruit, some quick wins, some things that we can do really quickly that uh, you know will uh, you know uh, save us some money, get the teams aligned, etc. And then uh, and then there'll be you know other ones that uh, are going to take a little bit longer. But I think um, you know mid calendar year, getting into a position where we can have the majority of of uh, the functions and capabilities within the two business units up and running and standalone. Uh, I think that would be success for us. I, I think there'll be there'll be some straggling things. There might be some IT related things that uh, you know take a little bit longer to untangle and unwind uh, and, and get them set up uh, properly within the divisions. But um, you know uh, that's 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 how we f we feel about. It. We want to move as fast as we possibly can. That's all for me. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Todd. The next question will come from Daniel Chan with TD Cowan. Please go ahead. Yes, thanks. Uh, John, I think a contract calls out some incentive for you to get the business to cash flow positive by Q1 fiscal 25, which isn't a lot of time considering uh, how much work there is to do. So appreciate that, uh, that you highlighted some of the organic uh, cost cuts that you're thinking about. Just wonder if there are any other options you're weighing at this point in particular your predecessor said he didn't he wasn't really considering any asset sales to bring the business to profitability just wondering whether there are other options outside of the organic cost cuts you're thinking about yeah uh um you know as i as i come into this just a a, a, a different um, you know fresh you know a new approach uh not fresh but just you know it's uh, I want to look at I want to look at all all of our options. Um, I think obviously uh, the um, the organic things uh, that you mentioned, Daniel. To me, those are you know that should be the majority of our time. You know, let's streamline things. Let get let's get the the uh, divisions up and running. That's where the big you know the big money is going to be. At the same time, um, me you know coming in with a, just a different perspective. I've been with the company for a couple of years. I've come from the. Uh, to take a look at uh, some of the other assets that we have um, and decide whether or not, you know, do they make sense to be part of the company? Should Is there opportunity to monetize it in some other way? Um, you know, the answer is yes. I think we'll, uh, my, my, um, uh, I would be open to looking at all those kinds of things. But, you know, kind of in the spirit of 80-20, you know, 80% 80, 80 of, of getting to cash flow positive is probably going to come from the organic stuff. Um, but to the extent that we can find uh, 10, 15, 20% through some other things, um, that's something we'll absolutely take a look at. That's helpful, thanks. Can you get to your targets just by uh, cost cuts alone? Uh, how about we'll come back to you next quarter? I, 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 I'd love to. Um, but, you know, I, honestly, I'd love for us to get a little more growth out of the business. You know, there's, there's, there's two ways of getting to, um, you know, getting to, to cash flow positive, and part of that's growth, and part of that's taking the cost structure down. Obviously, since we, you know, revenue has been a little, um, uh, you know, a little bit lumpy, um, we've been focusing more on the cost side of things. But between trying to drive revenue, trying to focus on the cost, maybe looking at some of the assets, as you mentioned, uh, all of these things go into the equation to get us to a better place a year from now. Okay, that's great. Uh, maybe on the ARR a little bit, um, that that metric continues to decline, uh, and as you pointed out, it's slowing its decline, but I think uh, the expectation was for that to have stabilized or even growing by now. What what has been the source of its continued declines? And you called out it, it's stabilizing by next quarter. What's giving you the confidence that it's going to stabilize next quarter? Thank you. Yeah, we, we've had, um, you know, from um, – um, you know, a stabilizing ARR perspective. We've had some uh, some 
I would say some churn that um, mostly you know has come from um, you know some of our, uh, our our UES customers, the smaller UES customers. We've had um, you know a little bit of uh, a little bit of UEM um, you know uh, churn. So you know renewal rates is something you know that. that we're, we're focused on it. Some of that will be, you know, improving the product, making it more stable. Our customers will stay with it. That's part of the equation. The other is, you know, some customers that maybe bet and said they're going to move on, you know, that, that'll get, you know, that'll get flushed out. We'll get to that, that low point. And I really do believe between the product stabilizing and the, the customers that maybe vocally said they were unhappy and if, have moved on, have moved on. I think we're really getting now to a point where uh, we've hit the, we're, we're bottoming out. We're hitting that step, that point. And now as we get, you know, wins like Malaysia onto the board, you know, that'll start moving us in the, in the other direction. We've had some other net new logo wins that'll start us moving in a, in a better direction. So, um, uh, I know we're, we might be a quarter or so, you know, behind where we hope to be at this point. But I, I really am optimistic that we're, we're, we're leveling that off and looking for, you know, seeing prospects for growth as we go into next year. Thanks, John. All right. Thanks, Daniel. This concludes our question and answer session. I would like to turn the conference back over to Mr. John Giamatteo, CEO of BlackBerry, for any closing remarks. Please go ahead, sir. Perfect. Thank you, operator. Um, so let me just uh, finish today just by reminding everybody that our IoT division will be showcased, uh, showcasing a number of exciting developments uh, in both QNX and IV at CES in Las Vegas from January 9th to the 12th, uh, as well as we'll be hosting the Motor Trend Software Defined Vehicle Innovator Awards as well. So there'll be an investor-focused Q&A on Wednesday, January 10th, featuring members of the IoT leadership team. So please look out for further details earlier in the new year on how you can join uh, via live stream. So thank you all for uh, joining us here today, and I look forward to speaking to you uh, again soon. Bye, everyone. The conference has now concluded. Thank you for attending today's presentation. You may now disconnect.